0: Episode 33: Gentleman's Bet. Join us at the table where we talk board games, to miniatures, and everything in between. The games we play with Brian and Chris. Hey! hey. And welcome back to The Games We Play. This is episode 33. This is a podcast about board games, sometimes miniatures, tabletop, and RPGs, but mostly the games we play. I'm your host, Brian, and with me is... I'm Chris. We got uh, got some games to talk about this week. This week, we will be reviewing Space Base, a uh, cool deck builder with the space theme, who would have thought, by AEG, so that should be fun to talk about. We also have uh, What's on our Table in Love and Hate this week, so Chris... Uh, I got all my paint in, finally. Nice. Uh, That that only took a few weeks. Uh, Funny enough, the paint from Spain that we (laughs) talked about arrived here before the paint from Game Nerds, which is a little weird. It took a really long time, but it was kind of around uh, Black Friday when I ordered it. I think it was Monday after Black Friday. So not to be unexpected, but uh, I just thought that was funny. Yeah, Yeah. so I finally got that in. So now I can finally get back to painting those... uh, those nemesis miniatures, uh, so we can play a game. You haven't seen those yet, have you? In person, not yours. I've seen uh, just on pictures online and stuff. Sh- sure, and yeah. a lot of the pictures online are the the Kickstarter's where it actually came pre-painted. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, they're that kind of green hue. Uh, oh, but they're, yeah. They're kind of they're kind of cool looking, but uh, we'll see how this comes through. So I'll be working on that here probably next week during the holidays um or i guess this week cuz this does come out monday before christmas should probably say merry christmas to yes, everybody merry listening christmas uh this comes out the eve of christmas eve i believe yep monday so uh we have christmas this week i i just have to work monday today when this comes out and then i have the rest of the week off so it should be a lot of fun i think you're taking some time off too
1: yeah, I'm going to be doing some working from home and taking some time off and uh, the ability to do that. So, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be some good time. I like taking the holidays off and spending time with the family and doing stuff, playing games. And I love that last minute uh, Christmas shopping for stocking stuff and things like that. So after wrestling practice, I'll, I'll be heading out to the um, malls and doing the last minute uh, help, Santa helping.
0: I'm not sure last minute would be considered fun, in my opinion. But uh, hey, each to their own, right?
1: Yeah, this is no most of the year. Amazon was Santa's helper and getting all that kind of the main gifts. But the little stocking stuff, there's some traditions that we do and and stuff. So those are usually last minute things that I easily pick up. Um, but I, I after wrestling practice and in the evening, I love it just uh, going out and. And just hopefully it snows, and that'd be nice. Walking around, no, no timetable, no hurry. Just a couple of things on my list. Walking around and doing that. Usually weekdays in the evening, uh, it's the best time to pick all that stuff up because yeah, that sounds terrible. No, it's it's no, it's way opposite of Black Friday. Nobody's out, and really just walk up, grab my stuff. There's just a few people out and things like that. No lines, no no. No big deals. It's it's not the big items, but it's just little sure. things we put ah, in the kids' it's just, stockings.
0: It's so. supposed to be 50, by the way, on that day. Oh, my gosh. So it's probably not going to snow. No, Dang it's, it's going to be in the 40s for Christmas yeah. here. Yeah. Actually, all, the next week is all mid and high 40s. So there you go. No snow. Dang it. I like at least Christmas Eve. That's that's the festive. I guess I'd rather yeah. take 50s personally, but that's just, <laughs> that's just me. Well, it's not, uh, not so, Iowa weather. <laughs> so I also picked up... Uh, Lockup. oh uh, so this came in the mail with my paint it's a role player tale so you know role player uh, by thunderworks games and cartographers right by thunderworks game all in the same universe well this is Lockup. it's a role player tale and in this game well there's a prison and of course it's a kind of fantasy theme because it's in the role player universe right uh but you get to try to break out your squadron of minions gnolls K- kobolds Bugbears, goblins, insectoids. You're captured in the battlefield and locked up. And so you're trying to escape your freedom from this prison. And that's the game. Interesting. Yeah, I've heard of really good things about this. Uh, this I believe this just came out this year. Uh, also plays, guess you could probably guess at how many players, Chris. Uh, one to five. Yeah, one to five. <laughs> uh, but it actually plays in 90 minutes, so it's it's not necessarily a shorter game, but Uh, It looks pretty cool. I'm really excited to play it. Thunderworks games have just been nailing it out of the park. Uh, Role players, really, really good, and so is cartographers. Obviously, completely two different game styles you know role player you're you're rolling dice and building up your character while cartographer you know you're uh, well, i guess you're not rolling dice but you're drawing cards and then writing stuff on your sheet and making a map it's a it's a lot of fun so really excited about this game because those those other two games by them have been dynamite so really excited to get that on our table uh any games you got in this week or you, you you've played uh, outside of what's on your plate you will
1: I did get uh, Western Legends, the Kickstarter stuff. It did come.
0: Did you double check to make sure the? I think didn't you say there were some printing errors? Yeah, maybe?
1: I have not. Um, I haven't uh, been home a lot to check it out. But this uh, this week, this weekend, I'm going to pull it out and go through all of that. But yes, I've heard some some production errors with it. So hmm. I'm going to be checking the the Kickstarter forum to make sure. Uh, that everything looks okay. But yes, um, I did get that. I've still got a couple of uh, last minutes uh, Cool Stuff, ink and miniature market purchases of games. Um, I got Tapestry at from oh, Cool you Stuff, did Inc. Oh, Yeah, it was uh, $65 at uh, Cool Stuff, Inc. So that is shipping. I don't have it yet, but I did pick that up. And uh, Twilight Struggle was just on the other day of the deal of the day.
0: No, you didn't. You didn't yes. pick that up. Did
1: yes, you really? I did. Twilight Struggle in the expansion, uh, deluxe edition, and the expansion. So uh that's, that is a game that probably Rob and I, my brother Rob and I, will be playing. He likes that and has always talked about it. But uh, so we'll pull that out. It was a great price. It was only twenty three bucks.
0: Do you so. want to? Do you want to bet any money? Which one you'll play first? Are you going to play Gloomhaven, TI4, or that game first? Oh, it'll be uh,
1: TI4. You're you, you thinking, you thinking... I'm we, thinking we, you're
0: we, never going to get this on the table. You, you think so? <laughs> yes. This game... I mean, I've heard really good things about yeah. it, but oh, man, it's so like... I mean there's a million little pieces, yeah. it's really fiddly and well, it's a really long game yeah. and just But this like, is a game
1: Rob has talked about playing and has mentioned to me to play a lot. And it's a two player game, so this will be one that uh he and I will probably get out on the table sometime, get some brotherly love going on and and doing it. He he likes that those type of games, so I, I could see us playing that. Most definitely. Sure. I see it's, a, it's
0: a three hour uh, game
1: at least. Yeah, that's that's it's quite all right. I don't mind three hour games. It's like well, three hour movies. I, I don't mind three hour movies as long as they're good.
0: No, no. I'm not saying you don't. I'm just saying I don't. I don't think. I, my, here's my guess. I don't think you get it on the on the table in 2020. That's in, my guess. oh, that's serious.
1: My yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we'll have to review that and see. I'll put money on yeah, it. Then. Count it right okay. now. Twelve
0: twenty three of 2019. Okay. We should have a betting section where we just make gentlemen bets and then we track sure. them and see who's right. We could do that. I
1: would like that. Spice up the the game a little bit,
0: and then give each other a
1: hard time, of course,
0: uh, let's see what else. I don't think I get any other games and i I pretty much got everything shipped in that I ordered, so uh you know obviously christmas coming up i I was told not to order any more games, so I've been on a a buying freeze for a week now. I haven't bought any new games, and I won't till probably the end of the year so. We'll see what happens. I'm uh, running out of... I'm actually running out of shells, Chris. Um, yeah. We need to make how many a trip. need a, Yeah. And I, I actually... Th- we need to talk about it. But yeah, I need some more shells. There's some other furniture actually I wouldn't mind getting for the office uh but yeah I, I need some space i need to get rid of some games that might be an interesting segment because there's some older games here i'm never gonna play like i have all the settlers that Catan. i mean the older settlers that Catan, mm-hmm. not the newest Catan, like the mayfair games version and i have all the expansions include uh Traders of barbarians seafarers and i don't remember what that last ones but i have all of them i and the five to six player expansions i I haven't played those games in like eight or nine years. I just don't see myself playing in them at all. Uh, so I'm thinking about selling them. We'll see.
1: Yeah, that's that would be a good uh, good episode sometime to go into more in in, in depth about that. Because I was thinking the same thing. I've got some, I had some, some seller's remorse previously, but I've got some games that uh, I probably will not ever play. Some like really. Twilight Struggle or. Oh No, I don't have that yet, but yeah, you know, <laughs> we'll play that. To, to spite you, I'll probably play it twice in 2020.
0: Good. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> I also don't <thought laughs> think you're going to TI4 in next year either.
1: Oh, we will. We will. Once wrestling season's done, we'll get that.
0: All right, I'm adding a spreadsheet to the database as we speak, called Gentlemen's Bets. There you go. This is happening. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get moved on and talk about what's been on our table this week. Okay, this week, what's on our table? Chris, what have you been playing this week? Actually, I uh, haven't played a lot, but Gabe and I have actually been doing
1: some painting. So he ordered... We, we do a secret Santa. So we, we each get... Uh, we draw. Uh, put our names of all the kids and Jamie and I in a hat. And we draw out and we get uh, in, with the names to give little ideas and stuff. So Gabe drew Isaac. And shh, don't tell Isaac. He won't listen to this by the time uh, we do our secret Santa. So Gabe is... Uh, painting some figures for him so actually he pulled them out and he and i've been working on them and we're going to work on some of our cowboys for fistful of lead too we got those so we we uh, primed them and based them and uh, gabed it mocked up one one of the uh, figures for isaac completely and he and i are going to sit down this weekend and And each do uh, another one together and talk about stuff. So that's it's kind of fun. I really enjoy. I mean, he's really good at it, but I enjoy sitting down with him and talking and kind of just just going over and talking paint schemes and this and ideas and we could do this and we could do that. And he's he really loves it. So that's fun. So that's been what's on our uh, what's on my table lately. Um, Just these last few days is doing that, uh, going through all the steps with Gabe, doing some painting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he would. When we were at Gen Con, he did those free paint and takes. Was it? For yeah, Star, Star Wars, Wars Legion. Yep. Yeah, man, those those were pretty good yeah. for the amount of time you had to get and and how crowded it was and how like busy and crazy it was. Yeah, uh, very impressive where he's at. So that'll be fun to see. You should uh, when everything's done, you should send some pictures. When we sure will. Know, all together, we'll do That'd that. Great, we, we throw on the Instagram. Cool. Well, that's a lot of fun. Uh, I just paint by myself, so it's not <laughs> as. Uh, Social. <laughs>
1: when Deborah uh, gets old enough, it'll be cool.
0: Yeah. He oh, he'll love it. I uh, think he loves that kind of crafty stuff. Yep. Uh do you happen to have a wet palette by any chance?
1: Uh yeah. I've got a plastic version of it. Well, that's that's
0: of... actually not quite a wet palette. That's just, you know, like then, a regular paint pot.
1: Then no then
0: yeah so i i just invested one after my debacle uh, of nemesis painting 1.0 uh, i'm just putting 1.0 because i'm just assuming i'll screw up the second one again uh but i picked up a wet palette this time because I, i've watched some videos and tutorials these wet palettes basically there's a sponge and then you get it wet and then you put a, uh, it's kind of like wax paper paper, you know, parchment paper on top of it. And then that's where you put your paint. And so some of the water soaks up through that. And so it actually keeps your, your paint that you put on your palette wet and it makes it easier to mix colors. Um, cause as you, you probably know, it's almost impossible to buy every single color Absolutely. and nor do you necessarily need to, but sometimes you want to blend colors through and then also you want to highlight Uh, So once you get something painted, you want to start highlighting up and and get different shades. Well, it's really hard when you don't have a wet palette because your paint dries. I don't know if you've encountered that before, but when your paint dries, then it's really hard to try to recreate that shade and kind of brighten it up a little bit. You you know what I'm saying? So, For example, if you had like a, a blue and a purple and you mixed them together, kind of get a mix you're going to have on your palette kind of a a shade difference of purple all the way to blue, right? And all between. And you could maybe even mix some white in there. So the idea is maybe you're all the way towards maybe the purple side. That's your base. And then you keep moving along the blue for maybe your uh, your shading. That's a really bad example because it's about the same shade. But you get my point is the paint doesn't dry up. So you have your original paint, you have the right shade, and you can start incrementally just moving along your palette where you mixed your colors to keep that shade brightening or or changing and then it's it's really neat so and and if you don't finish you can actually put the lid on it and the paint won't dry out and you can keep it for like two to three days
1: Oh well, interesting i'll have to yeah, invest and it's in pretty
0: one. cheap yeah so i got something from amazon and i think it was under ten dollars they'll try to resell all those extra little parchment paper things that go on top of it but honestly you can just use you can just use like uh parchment paper like from the grocery store like the wax type paper oh nice uh, you can read. There's tutorials on YouTube. They tell you which kind to specifically get. There's some ones that are different than others. But yeah, I mean, it's fairly cheap. And then your sponge, you just want to make sure to dry it out. And if it starts to get gross, you put you you soak in a little vinegar. Uh, you know, to get the smell oh, and stuff sure, out. Sure, that'll yeah. kill it. So anyway, sorry, off topic, but uh, I've been reading up and watching tutorials and and trying to uh, make sure I don't uh, have a nemesis debacle 2.0. <laughs> I'm telling you, you know, they were bad. Nobody will know except for Emily. She saw them. No picture evidence. All right, for me this week though, back on topic, what's on my table is Between Two Cities. So this is a game by Stonemaier Games. Uh I think this is their shortest game in their catalog, I believe. And it it actually isn't by Jamie Stegmeyer but it's by Stone Games the publisher so they published it and in this game it's it's like a 20 minute game you you have these tiles which make up of of different type of housing or or you know like taverns or like factories those kind of different type of tiles and you randomly select them and it's kind of a drafting game so you pick two and then you pass on the rest to your neighbor and what you're doing is you pick everybody's picking two at the same time and they reveal them well you actually have two cities you're building one to your right and one to your left and your neighbors are also building onto those cities so everybody has two cities one to the left and to your right and so you're working with your neighbors to build out a four by four grid city by the end of the game and each of the tiles the different types like like shopping and parks and and factories and housing they all give give, give you different kinds of point values depending on uh, if you get them connected or sets of them or or interacting with other types and they all give you different types of points and it's it's all over the board and then at the end of the game, you score up all the cities, and whatever city scores the lowest is actually what your score is. so you have incentive not just to go all in on one city. But to try to make both cities kind of even, and we've played at like five players, four players, I played at three players. Every time I played this game, every city is within like three to five points. Like it's super close. And each city has completely different strategy for the tiles that they take. It's 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 probably the closely ba- most balanced game I've ever played. I mean, you played games where you could go down one track, and there's sometimes one strategy yeah. that's just going to be far outweighed yep. others, but. I, every time I've seen it, I've seen a different city have a completely different strategy going heavy in one type or heavy in another or getting bounced between all of them and everybody scores really close. It's, it's very unique and very cool, but uh, I really like this game actually. It's a lot of fun. It's very interesting having to play two tiles at the same time and work with your neighbor are both neighbors, while they're working with their neighbors at the same time. It's really fun to kind of wheel and deal like, well, no, go, go put yours over here and I'll put this here. And they're like, no, 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 put it over here so you can put it over here. It's just kind of fun. Oh, cool. uh, it Looks it's, fun. it's a pretty cool game. Yeah, it's very cool. Very cool. So it's like a semi-cooperative. It actually makes me feel of King Domino. Uh, basically, you're building a kingdom like that in King Domino, but you're co-building it with your two neighbors. And you have two cities at the same time. So kind of kind of unique. So anyway, that's between two cities. Highly suggest checking it out. It's only a twenty minute game. Goes super quick, super easy to learn. Uh, it's what it's one of those games you get done with the first game. We're like, all right, let's play another one. Let's play another one. And you just want to keep playing. So highly suggest it. That's uh, between two cities by Stonemeyer Games. All right, so that's what's been on our table this week, Chris. Let's go ahead and move on to our game review. This week, we are going to be reviewing Space Base. Chris, you want to do the honors? Tell us about this game. Absolutely. Space Base is a
1: 2018 game by John D. Clare, produced for AEG. Two to five players, 60 minutes. Age is 14 and up. It's a lighter weight, a a 2.12 out of 5. But in Space Base, players assume the roles of commodores of a small fleet of ships. Ships begin docked at their stations and are then deployed to sectors as new ships are commissioned under your command. Use cargo vessels to engage in trade and commerce, mining vessels to build reoccurring base income, and carriers to spread your influence. Establish new colonies for a new Commodore in a sector to gain even more influence. Gain enough influence and you can be promoted to Admiral. Spacebase is a quick-to-learn, quick-to-play dice game using the core I roll everyone gets stuff mechanism seen in other games. It is also a strategic engine builder using a player board, which is your Spacebase, and tableaus of shipped cards you can buy and add to your board. The cards you buy and the order you buy them and have interesting implications on your engine beyond just the ability on the card you buy, making for a different type of engine construction than seen in similar games. Players can take their engine in a number of directions, long odds and explosive gains, or low luck and steady income, big end-game combos to launch from last to first, or a mix-and-match approach. Ultimately, Space Space is a game you can just start playing and teach everyone how to play in the first round or two and has a satisfying blend of dice-chucking luck and challenging strategic choices. It's a 2018 Golden Geek Best Family Board Game nominee and 2019 Origin Awards Best Board Game nominee.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Chris. So in this game, just to kind of paint a mental picture here, you have your own little tableau board. It's it's kind of skinny, not very tall, but very long. And the bottom portion of your board going across the whole bottom is a counter track with little cubes, right? There's three rows. Right. One's going to be your gold that you have, how much money you have, or space bucks. Uh, you have your income, which is like a green little um, little cube. And then you have your victory points, Obviously, in the in this game, you're trying to get the most victory points, so the person who finishes their fortieth victory point ends the game and is the winner now at the top of your board, going across are all the numbers one through twelve, and on each one of these is a starting ship i uh you know i there's starter cards that everybody yeah. has the same for all the numbers, one through twelve, but they're all different like your your one is is like a couple coins, your two three are like ones and and so on, and obviously, your higher numbers get a little. A little better for your rewards and then in the middle of the table there is going to be three tiers of spaceships there's three decks so they're all labeled one two three for tiering pretty clearly and then there's going to be amount of cards depending on the number of players out like a river of cards for everybody to buy from it's kind of like the market and on each card is going to have not only the cost of the card but it also has the number which it gets activated on on the bottom part of the card, is going to tell you what you get when you activate on your turn. And then on the bottom, which is upside down, which we'll talk about here yeah. in a second, has a, uh, a red ability, which is something that you get when it's on somebody else's turn. Or when you kind of alluded to it in your description, when you send it out on a mission, the idea is it goes from your dock out. And then it basically flips upside down and, and and just tucks it under your board. And so just the red part uh, displays. But that, that's what you get then when it's on other players' turn. And then there's another river of these are victory point cards that give you a one-time victory point but clog up. And do, it basically makes that number uh, not be able to activate. There's also a pair of dice. And basically on each person's turn, you roll the dice. And you get to pick what you want to activate. So you can pick uh, each number individually. So you can pick like a one and a four. Let's say if you rolled a five. You could do one and four and activate your one and four ships that are actively there. Or you could combine them and just activate the five. It's your choice, depending on what it is. And then all the other players look at the dice and they get to do the same. They can pick the one or the five or the six. and But they only activate the cards that are tucked in under the number and it's the red section indicating that's what activates on the player's turn. Everybody simultaneously resolves it, i.e., taking money, it could be taking income, it could be taking victory points. It could be charging up cards with cubes and stuff like that. There's a lot of different things in it, but everybody does it. And then the active player gets to buy and they, they could activate other abilities depending on their cards. And then that's the next players. And then just this keeps going until somebody hits 40 victory points. That's pretty much the game. Would that be a fair assessment, Chris? Um, yes, it
1: is. it is. It is like the description says it, within a round, it's easy to teach and easy to pick up and learn. And, uh, yeah, it's fairly quick to understand. Uh, to play really yeah, it is. I,
0: yeah I would agree so so that's how you play the game so Chris let's go ahead and start out and let's talk about let's talk about the artwork on this so Chris what do you think about the art on this
1: I like it uh it is cartoonish it reminds me of uh Dork tower type kind of um there's only ships in this there's no people or aliens or any disp- depictions of that but just kind of cartoonish balloony colorful um type uh, art, uh, if if you're familiar with uh, Dork Tower, John Kovac, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, uh, he's the artist that does that type. It's uh, Mag Blast from Fantasy Flight Games. If you remember that game, I have uh, that's the same art with that. It's it's yeah, cartoonish in in my thought, light, jovial, and colorful.
0: Yeah, no, it's really funny. I was looking at what this guy did. He also did some War Machine. Oh. Uh, artwork he did forces of war machine which I think a book for uh Cador he did the forces of war machine the retribution of cyrus yesra yep, yep. Sorry. Uh, I think these are stories are they not or, or is these actual those are factions.
1: Yeah, uh, and, and and so those books that go along, with those it. are books that tell a lot of the fluff and also uh, give you point army des- uh, descriptions and unit and descriptions, war, like that kind of stuff. Those are the army books that go along with the rule gotcha. books. Yeah, so that art if he did that's a completely a, different that's type a of total art, but yeah, different. That. Yeah, that yeah, is the crazy. high fantasy type art that we talked about. We saw in Call of Adventure last a week, uh, but this is this is light and bubbly. Um, yeah it really is yeah, it's funny because yeah. it's different than all of his oh other gosh. artwork is
0: War Machine Monster Apocalypse Heap uh, Scrappers oh, yeah. those are yep. Scrappers and Heap look a lot like kind of War Machine-ish type uh, uh, artwork almost uh, it's like a mix between this and that like it's cartoony but yeah. it's a little more like steampunky but yeah it's interesting it's just but yeah no you're you're right it is cartoonish it's just pictures of, of uh, just ships ships yeah. and and uh, it's very colorful. Like yep. the background behind the ships is like a celestial, like space, yeah. but it's all yep. like purple and blue and black and green hues. Like you're seeing like a Milky Way or a galaxy in the background, and yeah, it's uh, it's just cartoony. I don't know what else to explain it. That yeah. it is. Yeah, I mean it's good. It's it's yeah. it's not like. I mean, this is a twenty-something dollar game, yeah. so yeah. Uh, it's hard to complain. It doesn't look the the thing is that the cartoony can look almost borderline like amateurish or corny, right. and he does a good job of avoiding that because that. I've seen other games that are kind of by done by amateurs, and this guy's not obviously an amateur, but I've seen games by amateurs that kind of have this art style, and it ends up looking really corny and cheap. This does not look corny and cheap, so uh, I think he did, a, he did a, a fine job doing this. So I give yeah. it a thumbs up. Oh, I mean, yeah, I agree. It's nothing special, but it's, it's still pretty good and bright and colorful.
1: I, I think the art gives the flavor of the play um it goes Mm -hmm. along with the flavor of the play uh, oh sure like i said last week's the storytelling and the high fantasy that art is a different style that fit called adventure and this is the light jovial chuck dice um quickly move get things going kind of yeah just roll with it kind of bit um
0: the art is appropriate yeah i agree so rule book chris Yeah. Uh, this was your game actually yep. so you actually I believe read the rule book ahead of time. Yes. I know you maybe played through a game with with Gabe yep. ahead of time. We went through a how to play video that was uh, eh. uh, to be completely honest uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say the person's name because there's a there's a lot of people that really like him in this gaming industry yeah. and I'm not a huge fan. It's not Rodney Smith by the way Rodney Smith's great, but it's not Rodney Smith so maybe that narrows it down but I wasn't a really I'm not a really fan of his videos personally. I mean, heck, it was like his first playthrough that he was simulating. And then at the end, he's like trying to house rule the game, which is really weird right. to me. That That's admirable. Abnorm- the house rule something, which I'm completely against house ruling. Obviously, you need to play a lot of games to get under your belt, not just step through it once and you played it wrong. Like he continually played it wrong. So anyway, I, I get off my, my soapbox here. But what did you think of the rule books
1: on this? Um, I, I liked it. The rule book was very colorful, had a lot of information. It does a great job of s- uh, listing components, listing setups. Um, there Within this, there was uh, some rules that uh, are crucial rules that when I first read it and uh, and, and I read through it, Gabe and I kind of did a two, quick 2 player type game, which plays a little different Um but then when we played today, there was a few things that I just didn't remember um, and kind of bit that kind of stuff that we actually had uh, quite the discussion and had to go back and read. Um, uh, quite the discussion
0: yes. is one way to quite put it. Quite
1: the discussion of, of trying to figure all this out. There's So within the rule book, it's, it's a large page. There's It's 30 pages in it and it it's it, it it gives nice pictures very colorful large large print for bolding um, dice pictures uh, gives a bunch of information and yeah, you didn't it, have
0: to get your readers out no, for it. No, I
1: did not. I, I liked it. Um, it. It The back had a reference. Yes, the back had a reference, which was very useful. We pulled that out a few times to see what the specific cards were because there are some unique cards. There's a lot of unique rules in this uh, that um, have some specific icons and graphics that you really need to know and learn um, to figure it out and it takes a couple times to either reading through or playing to figure it out or and the back really helped out i thought but just looking at this um there there's a lot in the rule book and uh it just going through it and everything i, I mean it, it takes a little bit to, uh, for me understanding um reading this it to understand the whole rule book it takes a few plays uh after it like the first time we went through a five player uh by the end we had the understanding of the rules because we had to work through a couple things to figure it out even after reading it and even after like you said that video did not explain how to play very well whatsoever they played it but it didn't go into in-depth rules and on this so but I I like the rulebook. There's a lot in it, and it provides a great amount of information. It's very colorful. It's well put together. Um, like I said, it's thirty pages long, it has a back reference, and a lot of cool art.
0: I, I guess maybe that's just our different play styles. Maybe um, I I think reading it because I I, I one the the full rule book's not on BGG, which is too bad. Uh, you have to actually go to AEG's website to see it, but just fine. Whatever but i just watched the how to play and then we played it right which i knew about 90 percent. right we had it on right. the fly look at some stuff after reading it uh after because there was a, a rules dispute which uh we might as well talk about now uh there's a rules dispute and how some of these things activate because there's some there's some cards that have these charge icons the idea is when it's usually on another player's turn but sometimes on your turn depending if it's blue or red if it's rolled on somebody else's player, you put a clear cube, the quote unquote, charge it by definition to be able to use the ability next to the charge icon, it has to be charged up. But the question is, then when do you resolve the, the ability or the text? And I, I'm saying text because I don't want to say ability because some of the terminology in this is kind of silly, but the text next to the charge ability, the question is when when does it get resolved? And I think that was, that was the big thing but after reading through the rule book like one of the very first pages of the rule book so like the first two pages is is flavor and fluff of the game uh then there's a component listing page which is page five then there's the card anatomy on page six page seven starts talking core concept about simultaneous rolling deploying ships putting them on your board The seventh page, when you actually now get to about, it's the page right before it's going to talk about how you set it up and play through the game. Half the page in in the top section in bold and the biggest font they have in the rulebook says important, understanding rewards versus abilities. And if we just read this page or caught this page, this would have uh, resolved all of our discussion and arguments. And when I say argument, there was some argument. There was uh, some raised voices and talking over each other about how or how it should not be played which was funny if we had just read this it actually it actually addressed it and it was actually really clear once you read it it makes perfect sense you look at the card now you know what it means so it's it's about a combination of, of icons and a combination of the colors and the rulebook lays it out really well actually if you go back and read the rulebook in those two pages page eight and nine on this uh revised rulebook It lays it out really clearly that answers the question and would have uh, resolved the argument. And on the back of the book, there's a reference and it even addresses the same things, that indicator that we missed, to know what that meant. And that would actually resolve our argument as well, which is kind of funny. Anyway, so I, I just say all that to say that actually looking over the rule book now after the fact, a lot of it does make sense. Majority of the pages are just talking about some of the iconography that's in it. And there's full pages just devoted to the iconography and giving examples on how you would uh, resolve it, which is really cool. I really, really like that. It doesn't just brief, here's one sentence that could be interpreted multiple ways. There's a whole page saying, this is how the arrows work for the icon on here. And then it gives examples on how it does it, which is really cool. And then it even addresses infinite loops which could happen, but it's saying you shouldn't have it happen, or you can't allow have. Anyway, all I have to say is, I think the rule book, after reviewing it now, is really good. I really like the rule book. It does seem long, but it's long because it gives tons and tons and tons of examples and breaks down every single one of the icons and special rules on the cards. And there's a lot. Of differences on the cards, and so it addresses all of them. So yeah. I really appreciate it. I'd actually give two thumbs up on this rulebook. To be long awesome. story short, instead of the video, I
1: should have forwarded the PDF of the rulebook from AEG. <laughs> I thought it have been easier for the video, but uh, uh, after the fact, no, you're right. the The rulebook is good.
0: I mean, heck, there's a whole page. Devoted to just dice roll probability. Right. A chart showing the probability of every single number in this yeah. game of the 1 through 12. Um, it's just funny. There's three pages just devoted to listing all the ships and the names of the ships. It's kind of crazy. Oh, it's, um, yeah. It's, it's in depth. Just, it's, it's
1: a it's a, I, it's a really good rule book.
0: Moving on to uh, components. So, Chris, what do you think about the components on this? I love the tableau.
1: The, it's a nice thick trifold cardboard that folds out where you put your ship base, your space base is, uh, has all the slots for that. I like, we were talking about Cold Adventure, how that was thin it was kind of warped, and that's mm-hmm. where this is thick because you this are. This is what it should yeah, have been. Yeah, this is what it should have been. You're putting up a, a, a 12 spaceships on it, then you're tucking all your ships underneath it, and then you're putting your uh, cubes for your, di- your three different uh, spaces. Your income, your uh, your gold, and your victory points. So this is was a nice, sturdy tableau laid out flat. Once you folded it out, had all the nice spots and everything fit well on it. I that's what I liked. Um, I had two thumbs up on that. Well, that that's that's the main thing I really like about the components of this is that tableau. I'll get into the I, cards
0: on the other. I like the I like to actually. I was surprised that the cards were so skinny. Uh, I kind of liked it. It it made it so, I mean, the tableau is kind of big as it is because you have to fit 12 cards on it and they had to make them skinny. Otherwise that would, that board would have been huge Yes, and they made these skinny and tall and it actually worked. It felt good. I liked how it was laid out. I liked the size of it. I thought I I was a little worried that they're going to be dainty, like weak because they're so skinny. But that's not the case at all. It actually worked really well. My only complaint is, uh, you know, you're tucking these cards underneath your board when you you replace them on your main board. I think thematically they're saying you're sending them out in an expedition. And those is what uh, you flip them upside down and you tuck them in. So only the red part at the very bottom is showing, which gives you the reward if that number's rolled on somebody else's turn. The only thing is, once you got more than one or two cards, it was kind of hard to get them tucked in. They kind of got a little fiddly. And I know in the case of, like, Corey, when he was playing, he actually bumped it, and one of the cards got, like, tucked in between two cards and pushed underneath the mat. So he had to, like, pull the whole mat out, readjust all, like, I don't know, he had 13 or 14 cards, And some of them stacks, rearrange them all just to put his board back on. That was my only complaint. I'm not sure what you could do with the components to kind of resolve that, but it does get a little fiddly once you start getting a lot of cards tucked under there. Uh, that was kind of my same complaint with Call to Adventure, trying to tuck those cards under. It gets a little weird. Uh, this is supposed to be kind of a quick-moving game. You know, you roll, everybody takes, gets the resources, you buy your card, you give the dice to the next person. It's supposed to be a quick, quick, quick game, and if you have to stop because you have to rearrange all your cards, it's not ideal. Uh, but other than that, I think the, I like the components. It's nice that they gave cubes. I think that worked really well instead of little cardboard tokens or anything. Um, and and the cards, I liked the cards, the, the skinny ones. Again, just uh, the fiddliness of having to tuck them all in. But that's a minor complaint. It's not a big, major complaint, but just minor.
1: Yeah. This uh, game does take up some table space. It, it really does especially when oh, you does. play with five player this is uh two to five players in the base game and one of the expansions adds two more players so two to seven Ooh. so with oh, these these space based tableaus and all the like you said tucking of the cards and everything it, it, you, you need to have a large table presence for it but um, um i would yeah it, that could be a complaint for some um but i uh uh, yeah, it, it's a small, if you have a small area, that's most definitely, it's going to be crowded. And like we were at a table where we're rolling dice and we were kind of crowded and the dice were um, um rolling over on other people's tableaus and kind of maybe knocking some of the ships and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so that that can happen. So this is best uh, played at a, a large a large table, in my opinion, where you have room uh, to move and stuff.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I was saying interesting about the expansion, but yeah. you're right. Yeah, you're right about the... So the expansion actually adds story-based scenarios, introduce uh, new content yes. for a narrative, which is kind of cool. And there's actually sealed boxes in the and bo- the game box, which is kind of cool.
1: Yeah, so the emergence of Shy Pluto, it does the that. And then the uh, second expansion, Command Stations, adds two more players and more story.
0: Oh, so the Pluto is the new one. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yep. Cool. No, it looks pretty cool. All right, let's talk about then uh, the likes for this game. So, Chris, you want to start with uh, what, what your likes are for Space Base?
1: I love the 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 game mechanic of when it's my turn and I'm rolling dice and it affects my ships that other people still are engaged and play off of that with their deployed ships so when it's your turn and another person's turn I'm still actively involved, watching. Hey, you know, what did he roll? Oh, yeah, this this in, uh, engages my deployed ships here and here. So I still at play. There's no downtime, really. Minimal, minimal downtime in between turns in this because you're always engaged with something, watching what they're going to buy. Oh, saying, hey, you know, I just gained some gold off of this. I'm up in my resources to get ready to perch. What's out there? Oh, you know, maybe hopefully he doesn't take this. I'm going to go after this one. That kind of stuff. There's a lot of engagement. Engagement in your off turn, which I really like, games that do that, and really, uh, each player's off turn is thirty seconds to a minute, maybe. Uh, it really, if, if ideally, 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 ideally yes. Uh, but I mean, it could be one to two minutes, maybe, in the uh, each person's off turn if they're taking a little time to figure out what they want to pick with their role. But it's, Gosh, it's I hope not, not. It's not long. It really Gosh, isn't. I
0: hope long. not. You know how many times it went? So we played five players, right? Yes, Today? we played five players. Um, I don't know. How many times did we roll each? Uh dozen times. Oh probably. Yeah. Each. So there was over a hundred players' turns if you combine all of our turns. Sure. This you can't take a minute. Otherwise this game's gonna be an hour right. and a half long. Right, you and can't. We were put we 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 went over a little over an hour playing today and we were like you that the the dice at the ground you got like three seconds to adjust your resources the next person is grabbing the dice and starting to roll them and you have to make a decision now buy it resolve that The next person's rolling because that was going to be the only way we got it in an hour so right. we were we were flying uh even though you know scott was taking his time sometimes uh but if if each person took a minute, man, this is a t- hour and a half, two hour game, which is way too long. Because this is two, the game mechanics in this are so simple, and it's a, supposed to be a quick game, easy mechanics. This should not be a two hour game. This it would that would be stretching this game way, 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 way too long. So uh, I'm gonna put in the like that it is a quick game. And that there is hardly any downturn. Even when it's not your turn, you're basically waiting hopefully 15, 20 seconds for somebody to buy a card and move on. I think one of the mechanics where when you buy a card, regardless of how much you spend for it, you lose all your money. So if you had 12 gold, or I keep saying gold, if you had 12 coins and you bought something worth five coins, you don't get change. You don't get seven. Keep seven. You lose all of it. And so it's not a hard decision. You're basically going tier one, okay? They're all within a couple coins. Tier is within a couple coins. Tier is all within a couple coins uh, uh, within the tier. You're usually at that level or not. You just buy the best card. You don't really care what the price is as long as you can afford it. Right. Because you're not doing this whole, okay, I'm going to try to get the best value per coin. You don't have to worry about that because you're losing all your money. And so in some ways that I like that because it really does press you and it makes the money thing not so important. Does that I don't know. Does that make sense to you? Oh, yeah, it does. It, it, it. Because I think if you're getting change and stuff. You would want to sit there and be like, okay, what's the best value here? Ooh, what could I save up for next turn? You don't care. You just buy it and go. My One of my likes is I, I like that mechanic because I've played other games like this, like Machi Koro, right. uh, Settlers of Catan. These all do that where you have something that's next to a number for a dice Somebody rolls, you get something if your number comes up attached to it, right? That's this game. This is more closer to Machi Koro, I would say. But what I like about this, even better than Machi Koro, is one, it's not the two dice combined. Well, it could be if you want. You have three options, really, unless it's a double. You could double up. So if you roll two twos, you could take the four or twos twice. And so it gives you a little more options so it doesn't feel like you're getting stuck. Because I had, like, for example, one... Three and four. I had a lot in those and I could basically always take a one or three or four on one of the dice. I had over a 50% chance. Right. And so uh, it felt like you were getting something and you weren't screwed just by random luck. That's what it felt like. So I really enjoy that the aspect of the dice rolling because I think that was that's top notch. I really like that. If you're gonna play a game like this with dice, allow us take both dice or one of the dice, right. you know, individually. I really really like that. That's really cool, and it skews the the probability curve a little differently, Absolutely. which is also interesting. Yeah. This is also interesting. And then I like I really like the mechanic where if you get a new ship, the upgrade on that number, it pushes the the one that's already there underneath your tableau, which then allows you to get stuff on other person's turns because that's the only way to do that and they stack. Oh boy. Oh, the reason yes. I know we probably had at least 100 rolls all together is the only way I got victory points is because I had a card that was a one and a card that was a four that each of them gave uh two victory points and it only got victory points on other people's turns I ended up the game with like 30 something points or 30 and I got a hundred percent of those just from other players rolling ones and fours which is crazy yeah it is and that's- that means a one and four was rolled 20 times almost 20 times. Which is kind of crazy. And I didn't even have them the whole game. I had them for like the second half of the game. So anyway, I, I say that it just gives you tons of flexibility, which adds a lot more uh, strategy. And it's not just, oh, everybody goes after five, six, seven, eight, and 9. Because that's where your, your bell curve is for probability. It skews it differently. So your 1 through 6 are super valuable, actually. Just as valuable as 7 almost. Really like that. Nice little twist on this genre of roll and getting resources based off your dice. Uh, any other likes for you, Chris?
1: I did like the those game mechanics that you mentioned. Um, I really enjoyed the combinations, and it it seemed to escalate. And I like that progression mm-hmm. of engine building, where you know I like it where you start off small. Everybody started off the same, but as we progressed, you know there was different combinations. I had an eight nine combination that was ridiculous. Somebody rolled nine, and man, I had everything my deployed there that activated actually eight as well so i was racking up things and Corey, i think he was on a seven on on mm-hmm. other people's turns and when his spaces were deployed. So it was it was really cool to see how um as the game progressed, that engine build just ramps up and I enjoy that. I really like how this game does it. I think it, it uh does it better than some other games like we mentioned and we'll talk about that here shortly. But uh those everything which you've said, uh I, I really enjoyed this uh out of this game. Really liked. Two thumbs up.
0: All right. Dislikes, Chris. What's dislikes? Any dislikes for you?
1: You know, I was trying to think of that. And one of them, when I first opened the game the other night and was pulling out the cards, I'm like, oh, these are skinny. Man, I don't I don't know if I'd like that and stuff, but you're absolutely right. So that was an initial feeling of like, oh, these aren't real regular uh uh, card sizes. But once we pulled out the the uh, space-based tableau, that makes total sense why they're so skinny. So that, oh, yeah that was one of those things my initial like, "Oh, these are way different cards. I don't like that." But after playing it, I'm like, "Oh, okay. That that goes away from a dislike to uh that makes total sense why they did that." So that was a first initial feel when I um pulled the shrink wrap off of everything, I'm like, "Wow, these are really skinny cards." But I I see now, after setting it up and playing it a couple times now, twice, that it it makes sense. so
0: Sure. Uh, I think a dislike for me, it depends on how you play or how you're good at learning new games or what your play style is or how learning new games, that this might want to be a difficult one to play for your first or second time. Again, depending on who you are. I'm not going to say it's my dislike per se. But now that I've played it, I don't really want to teach this game to somebody, to be, be honest. it the Once you learn it, pretty easy, I think. Fun meca- mechanisms. It's a quick, fast game. I mean, it's an hour game. But I don't think I'd want to teach this to somebody. There's just so much symbology everywhere. And there's a lot of diversity in cards, which really adds replayability and more strategy. But man, I don't really want to teach this. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: Oh, it does. Uh, to me, it's... You, uh... Again, I I I learn better by playing. So it'd be one that if I taught it, I'd say, "Hey, here's the base rules, and we learn as we go." And then, you know, after a couple initial learning plays, now you're getting into the competitive type play of where you're really f- having a full understanding and doing that. That's that's how I approach that, and that's how I did it these first couple times. I'm just playing sure. it, sure, but, but yeah, I can and, and see the, how you it. Yeah you know if
0: yeah, yeah yeah no totally no i i definitely that's definitely not me i right. want to know everything yeah, up front you and, do. That's and to the be honest coming us. and playing this game other than trying to get uh some uh some just figuring out some of those weird ones right the dice rolls and just reading it and making sure we understood it outside of that it wasn't too difficult for me just even watching that really bad video and then just looking at maybe that reference it wasn't too bad for me I, you know I, I felt like i definitely after a couple rounds or a couple of people's turns, it was it was not a problem. But when I teach a game like this, I know there's gonna be people that will have some questions and confusion. And I would just feel like the whole time I can't really then focus on my gameplay and it was just take the enjoyment away from me playing because I would just have to be keep explaining it to everybody. Uh does that make sense? I oh, know that's yeah. kind of weird. Uh it's- but that's more of a dislike for me. I, I'd rather I want to play a game that's solid and fun that I could teach rules. We play a couple turns where you might have one or two questions, you know, just to clarify. And then the rest of the game is just playing it and you can focus on it. Obviously you have social aspect of it, but I'm not the whole time trying to teach that person all these new things as they come out. This is that kind of game. And that would drive me crazy. It could be. Um, Hence why I just want to, I just want to teach a game. Here's a reference in a cheat sheet. All right, let's play. You might have a couple questions, your first or second turn. That's it. You're going to have 20 plus turns in this game. I don't want 20 times on your turn having to explain what you should do or what you need to Eh, grab.
1: You just hand them the rule book and say, here you go. Look it up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the people, but the people are going to be asking questions aren't the people who just could read a rule book and and know it. That's what I'm saying is introducing this to newer people. I never would introduce this to an, like a casual newer gamer, even though I think this is a really good game for them because it's really fun and quick. It's a pain, going to be a pain to teach them, and, and it's going to take a lot of fun. So, yeah, I'm going to be the ball humbug on this, and that's going to be by just like.
1: <laughs> there you go. All right, overall review, Chris. To me, this is a nine. This is an excellent game. I always enjoy playing it. i have I've excited about it. I want to play it more. I pulled it out. I've told the kids that, hey, we're going to play this over Christmas break a few times. Um, we're going to play that this weekend, getting ready for it. Uh, I really enjoy this game. I enjoyed sitting there. Watch it. When we played today, I was I was last. Um, I actually started off and had 11 victory points uh, for the first several turns. And when other people were at zero or one, and I thought, oh, I'm going to run away with this. And then I didn't get the rolls. And I ended up with 11 while you guys had 30. And Corey got over 40 and I got smoked basically <laughs> I didn't get the rolls later on but I enjoyed every minute of it I enjoyed watching other people roll and seeing how that affects me and you know the highs of the, yes or no I didn't I didn't get a pull off of it then really seeing about what's out there and try to strategize hey you know what combinations can I get here I didn't get any fifth, six, uh, 5, 6, or 7s uh, uh, at all um I didn't get yeah, any of those Corey because Cory kept taking them <laughs> he was two before me and yeah and I, he was right before yes, me yeah. yeah so I never got any of those so I got those threes and fours and and I, I tried to go 11s and uh eight nines 11s and 12s tried to get some of those and those never I never really rolled those uh too well so that never really came out for me um but it was a strategy I tried to take those big compounding worked in the beginning but later on it fizzled out but I enjoy this i love this game um like uh yeah it's it's this is a game i'm going to be playing more i've got the other two expansions i haven't read them yet but uh we'll be definitely adding them and uh, definitely playing this uh more and more over this christmas holiday break for sure
0: and so that was a nine for you that it was you a nine for me correct okay okay I, you know i'm gonna say eight um, I, uh I'm see, I keep going back and forth because it is excellent, and I would always want to play this. I really, really like it. But again, the only hesitance is it better not be a game I'm bringing to the table and introducing or teaching to other people because I'm not going to enjoy the game. Well, you don't own it. Does I'm that the make one sense? <laughs> no, no, no. no <laughs> I know. And I know. The, yes, it I does. Mean, I'll, I'll yeah. probably buy this because yeah. I do want this and I really like it. But man, I, it's going to be hard to get to the table because I'm never going to want to teach this to people. So much stuff like little things. I mean, how pretty much every tier three card has a special thing that you didn't see in the game. Yeah. Half of the tier two has special icons on it. And a lot of them aren't the same as each other. Ah, just you know, I'm just gonna give it an eight. It's probably better than eight. I really like playing this. It was a lot of fun. It's up my alley. I love the the roll and get stuff like Machi Koro. but this is way, 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 way better than Machi Koro. And I really like the. What, what we, I just all the stuff I talked about earlier, uh, it's just the only notch down is just trying to get it to the table and not have to teach it to people because whatever I'll put it down as the eight, but it's really probably a little better than the eight. Uh, but uh, if you brought it to work, I'd say, yeah, let's do it, let's play it, especially the expansions. I'm really excited to see those, uh, especially the storytelling yeah. one. I'm really, really curious about that one. Uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, Rise of Fenris a little bit, where you have some story narrative with some boxes and some hidden components that's going to change the game somewhat fundamentally. And that that interests me. I like that. All right, Chris, just to wrap this up, any like that, like this. You know, actually, I'm going to start Machi Koro. Yep. If you like Machi Koro, this is a must. This is just far and f- far beyond superior to Machi Koro. This takes... What's fun with Machi Koro, but enhances all the weaknesses of Machi Koro, i.e. it has good pacing and ramps up really quick. Machi Koro, not like that. Uh, It takes some randomness away that Machi Koro suffers from because you have two dice in Machi Koro. This one you can pick. And the third one is replayability. And Machi Koro, other than throwing all the expansions in to get more variability, this game right here, because there's the tier three, the three tiers and so many cards in them. Every time you play it, this is going to be different how it plays. If you like Machikoro, get this game. You won't want to play Machikoro again, guaranteed.
1: To me, um, if you really like Gizmos and that engine building aspect of that, that level one, two, and three, that's very similar here, uh, you'll like this. Uh, that that's the one that came to my mind other than Machi Koro, like you were saying. So sure. if if you like that engine building and interactions and making that uh that big payoffs and stuff, this is a very similar type game. So yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So that
0: that's it. Uh, any other games you can think of? Settlers. I mean Settlers yeah. has this role in in gather resources. That, that is very much it. that way. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well that's uh the review of for Space Base. Base. <laughs> All right, this week's love and hate. For me, this love is play new games. Emily and I've been playing a lot of new games, maybe not as much in the last week or so, but just in the last week, we've played, I don't know, four or five new games. So it's been a lot of fun playing new games. I think in the last pulling up my BG stats, board game stats app, in the last thirty days, I've played sixteen different games. Wow. Thirty one plays. So I've I've played some of these games twice. On average, but yeah, uh, 16 different games, and a lot of those were brand new. So, yeah, played, we've I played a lot of new games, trying to get through my backlog a little bit, trying to uh, dust off the, as people like to call it, the shelf of shame of games we haven't played. So, yeah, I've been really, really enjoying that, trying a lot of different games. I, you know, getting into. A lot of like worker placement we talked about last week, and so starting to find some new genres of games that maybe I haven't necessarily gravitated towards, but have played it and have actually really enjoyed it. So yeah, that's my love this week: playing new games.
1: Nice. My love this week is of uh, spreadsheets. I actually love organizing and getting data on that and helping me utilize so i become a a big fan of the google sheets we get to use a lot of google apps and drive in that aspects and i have it on my phone where just of late made me think of it is uh uh I've got all the kids' Christmas gifts. I got them color-coded, the dollar amount, if I've wrapped them, if I've ordered them, uh, if I purchased, arrived, wrapped, uh, dollar amounts, this thing's kind of stuff, color-coded by kids with all their stocking ideas. And that kind of bit and just, I love that. And uh, to me, that organization kind of goes back to like, like I mentioned, planning for uh, going to game conventions. This, I I love having that spreadsheets and with, I use them for games. Uh, We've used them for game days, organizing game days in that aspects, just anything, just the quick pull up, boom, put some data in it, organize it. These are games I want to get. These are games I want to play that kind of bit. Just I've come to realize that I like spreadsheets and um I utilize them a lot in my daily life of various things and in board games. So that's my love this week. Spreadsheets.
0: Make sure you get Twilight Struggle on that to play yeah, list. I then. will.
1: I will. Twenty twenty. <laughs> times two. Two plays.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. We'll see. Yeah, we will see.
1: You challenge uh, me, trust me, buddy. You just you just made a challenge. I don't back down from challenge. I love challenges.
0: Perfect. Good. Uh, I, I Also, we're not going to get through Gloomhaven. That's what I'm thinking well, next year. We, we need to get through Gloomhaven. We do. There's
1: more than just two of us. There's four of us, so we got to get going. Got to get everybody's schedule.
0: Yeah, you and Corey. BG's always usually game, so. Eh. Uh, all right, hate. Uh, this week is uh, damaged packages of mail. I got something in the mail. It was the 12 Days of Christmas socks, and then there was the office, and so every it was like kind of supposed to be like an advent calendar where oh, every hilarious. day you punch yep. out a box and there's another pair of socks, and they're all the office. And I got. So, it, it's a box, right? So, I'm looking online. It's a, it's a box, you know, it's, you know, opens up, has a flap, and then in the inside, there's the picture of all the characters, or all the, you know, people from the office, and then each box with the different character, you know, you pull and it opens up, and then you pull the socks out, right? It looked kind of thickish. I mean, you'd have to hide socks underneath in inside. So, I'm like, okay. So, today, I saw it got delivered. I get home, and then there's this bag, you know, like those... It's not a box, but it's like just a. Uh, it's like a bag, you know, like postal service. And I'm like, "What is this? There's no way this could be the office thing. This thing's like thicker." Why well, open this thing? This box was smashed Aww. down. Like it wasn't even like it didn't even resemble a box anymore. And so I opened it up, and I'm like. I opened up the first sock box and there was nothing in there. Well, it turns out like because it got smashed, like all the socks got pushed down and like moved to the bottom corner like in a big lump, which kind of defeated the whole purpose of having the the containers. It, it was disappointing. Uh, that I guess that's what you get for the postal service, but I, so I just had to rip the whole box open and just get all the pairs of socks, which kind of which kind of took the fun out of getting a new pair every day. But it is what it is, is. but I still get 12 pairs of uh, Office socks. So I'm that kind of a nerd. I love the Office one. My favorite all-time show. Anyway, that's uh, that's my hates this week.
1: My hate this week is... After playing many new games like we've done recently and getting new games and stuff, I've come to realize one of the old classic games that I grew up playing with as a child, I really don't like. And that's Monopoly. Many people talk about that, how it is just uh, ah, bad game mechanics. I'm not a fan of roll and move. Uh, I've said that before. Uh, just the whole happenstance of what occurs and goes around and things like that. And you talk about how you hate house rules. This this is a game that's based on <laughs> I don't know. You you ask you pull ten people to the play and and nine out of ten play differently because they've had house rules growing up and stuff like that. So it's it's a game that I just just don't like and I don't have on my game shelf and don't uh, plan to ever play again. Um, just because there are so many other better games out there that have been introduced over the years, but so that's that's my hate. Monopoly.
0: Yeah, there's uh, two camps. There's there's the the people in the board gaming hobby that's like, yeah, Monopoly is the worst game ever. Like Steve Bonacore said on here in that one episode, yeah, yeah. it belongs in the trash and in the dumpster, front, which I completely agree. And then there's the other camp of board gamers that are be like yeah it's not great but we shouldn't do that because we need to be inclusive to gaming and make sure people like are welcome to the hobby gaming but it's like uh, the game's really bad though Uh, if anything that that game actually does more i would argue does more harm to the board gaming hobby because some people think monopoly is board gaming and if you are at i mean who isn't miserable playing that game yeah relates that miserable feeling to board gaming yeah you're not gonna want to play other board games because you just think oh they're even longer more complex and they're painful like that no not at all and that's what that's why i think it does more harm to the board game hobby being saying, well, yeah, you can like Monopoly. Well, you can like Monopoly maybe, but it, it, the problem is, is that that game's not rep actually representative to what board gaming is. There's so many good games. There's so many good more games that are the same level of complexity as Monopoly, but play so much better in a way quicker time. And people aren't going to be wanting to throw knives at each other or flip tables over on each other or want to punch each other in the face after playing the game. That. That's not enjoyable, and that's not what this board gaming hobby is about, or should be about. And so I, I think, I mean, the 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 joke and meme about Monopoly is, hey, you want to flip the table and throw stuff off. It's like we shouldn't, we should never, we should never associate with ourselves with that kind of feeling for board gaming because that's not what this this no, hobby is about.
1: Not. You're right, absolutely right. Not
0: not at all, and we shouldn't. Have, honestly, I, I understand that we want to get people into the hobby i i completely understanding that but but by saying yeah you can like monopoly i'm not saying you can't like monopoly but we shouldn't encourage people to play monopoly because it's doing it's more harm anyway yeah i'm i'm with you on that i think uh i think we got a ways to go to infiltrate and try to get that game but okay well that was our love and hate this week okay well that concludes our episode 33 this week obviously this is the week of Christmas so I just wanted to take an opportunity to say Merry Christmas and yes. happy holidays enjoy some hopefully get some time off I know um, I know in previous jobs uh, previous to this one I, I heck I've worked Christmases for yeah. years it, it's always a busy time and if you're working retail returns and sales and you know if you're in the service industry like restaurants I, I did that too it, it gets really busy and sometimes it's it's hard not to be with your family or friends over the holidays. So uh, for everybody, you know, hopefully you can get a, some time off to spend with your family or spend with your loved ones and, and hopefully play some board games, right? Yes. Uh, so I just just wanted to extend that to everybody and hope everybody has a great week and gets to play a lot of board games.
1: Yes. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everybody. Have fun. Enjoy some family time and friend times and rest and enjoy the season.
0: Absolutely. We'll we'll go ahead and wrap this up. From the Games We Play, we just thank you for listening. And uh, stay tuned for Episode 34 next week. And we just wish you happy holidays. Um, From the Games We Play, I am Brian. And I'm Chris. And keep on gaming. Join the conversation feel free to give us your feedback. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at GamesWePlayPod. And that's GamesWePlayPod at gmail.com.